I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. This week on Pop It, we're at Dress for Success Worcester with Program Director Beth Butler. Dress for Success is an organization dedicated to empowering women to achieve economic independence by providing a network of support, professional attire, and the development tools to help women thrive in work and in life. Thank you for having us. We're very excited. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. So this <laughs> is my first podcast, so <laughs> this will be interesting. Don't be nervous. People are always like, I don't know what to do. And you just, <laughs> you just talk. It's just talking. It'll be fun. <laughs> this will come out on January 1st, believe it or not. So we're in the future right now. Happy New Year. <laughs> and we're also now on uh, 98.9 FM. 90, isn't it 97.9? Shoot. 90, uh, 98.9 is, Nash, is a country station, isn't it? <laughs> Wishful thinking. Let me look real quick. It's 97.9 97.9. We're back on Unity Radio. <laughs> yes. It's the new year. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're interested, 98.9, you know. Yeah, we'll take it. Put us on in between all the women that doesn't that don't get played on country radio. Beth, I'm so excited to be inside the Denholm building because I know it has quite the history. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes this place so special? Well, the Denholm building was a department store. It started in the 1800s. Um, a lot of people refer to it as the Boston store because they remember coming here and the shopping experience that they had here. There are displays throughout the building um, that are put together by a gentleman named Chris Sawyer. And his connection to that is his grandmother actually worked for the Denholm department stores in the 60s as a buyer. And he worked for Ralph Lauren and did their windows and displays. And he continues to do the windows and displays here in the Denholm building. So it's exciting. And what's also interesting is where the portion of the Denholm building that we're locating in was part of the jewelry department. So in the day, they made women sparkle, and we hope that we make women sparkle today. Nice. Yes, I would say certainly. I mean, we're here in the in the. It's not really a store. What would we? What, what do we call what the we space? Call this? The space. Yeah. We refer to like, it as the boutique. Yes, oh, it is I a boutique. Like yeah, I was like, it's not. So we're here in the boutique, um, and we can see many different kinds of selections. What can people find? If they come to Dress for Success, who's going to be coming here and what are they going to be finding here? Well, the women that we serve come from various backgrounds, um, all different educational backgrounds, everything from an eighth grade education, trying to achieve their high set to um, a law degree. Um, all different ages, demographics, anyone from, you know, basically age 18 up to into going into their 60s, women who aren't ready to retire, but are looking for that career shift. Our mission is about retention, job retention, because that's what leads to economic um, stability. The most important thing about when a woman comes to us is we do use referral agencies. And that's vetting them to make sure that they're job ready and ready for what we do. Somebody comes in and they're referred to us for an interview suiting and they see a suit and they're like, oh, why do I need that? I'm just 
I just want this job or maybe they're not even really looking for a job quite yet. Maybe they're trying to figure out what that next step looks like. Maybe housing is their most important thing. Maybe childcare. Maybe they're just going through a transition and they need to have that focus put on to what's going on inside of them. Um, so that suit spinner sometimes not be what they need at that moment. A lot of times around here we'll refer to that as not quite ready. At some point they will be. Um, and then when they are coming in for that interview suit, we talk about how it's not just clothing. It's a tool. It opens doors. And we show them how to use that suit in a way to open doors because just because it's a jacket and pant or jacket and skirt or a dress and jacket doesn't mean that it has to always be worn that way. It's showing them how to use it so that they can use it in multiple ways and in the way that best suits their needs because everybody's an individual. Secondly, you know, we have about 70 um, some referring agents throughout Central Mass. And so we get them from, you know, women may be in a shelter right now. They may be um, at mass hire um, going through either unemployment or underemployment. Um, since 2008, when the economy went a little south, we've seen a lot of women who are what's called underemployed. They took jobs. They're, you know, making ends meet sometimes. Sometimes they're not. Um, sometimes they're working three jobs when they come to us. And it's really trying to take it, you know, they may have a, a master's degree or a PhD, and they're working a job that isn't using those talents and skills to the utmost. And we're really about asking them, okay, so this is what your past is, because we asked for that copy of the resume. And okay, that's, that's about their past. What do you want to do with your future? Because you can define who you are and where you want to go, but you have to let other people know, otherwise other people are going to define you. And that's really important factor with working with women is a lot of times somebody has said something to you or told you that you're not good at this or that you can't do this. And, you know, sometimes we hear it enough, we believe that. And we lose that faith in ourselves and don't see our full value because of what somebody else has said to us. Or sometimes it's just that self-talk that we actually talk ourselves out of something. Maybe sometimes it's that fear of doing something. And it's really when they come in, it's about making them feel safe and making them trust us and letting them know that we're part of that journey that's going to take them to that place that they want to be, you know, and we're there to support that. And it's really important. Um, we're celebrating our 10th year of um, suitings this year. So it's been a really great year for us. And we've been talking a lot about um, women rising, women rising together, and just rising together as a whole, as a community, because we're not just about women. We're about families, we're about men, we're about women, we're about anybody in the community who is looking forward and thinking about what the future can be for people. And it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of times a lot of our clients are moms. And we're not just affecting them, we're affecting their children. And almost every mom that comes in here, the reason, or part of the reason why she's here is not just herself. It's because she wants her children to have the opportunity in the future. And it's really important because um, it's about creating that hope that they can become what they want to be, rather than somebody else telling them, oh, that's okay, you can just be this. And I think everybody has a story, has a journey. We've all went through transitions. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. But if you had support, it made it a lot easier. And that's what we offer a lot of, not just 
that suit or that clothing aspect. And then once they are employed, we provide them with a capsule wardrobe about seven to 10 days right now because of our generous donors of clothing. We're able to put together that capsule wardrobe, send them out of here and show them how to use the pieces, you know, how to take those pieces and navigate 30 days worth of outfits. We provide them with accessories, the jewelry, the shoes, the handbags, everything that they would be wearing to work. And that's really important because not only is it important to land that interview and feel confident when you're in that interview process, but when you start a new job, everybody is sitting there going like, oh my gosh, am I going to fit in? Am I going to be part of this culture? Am I going to do a good job? Well, if you're clothing, if you're not comfortable in it, you're always going to feel like people are maybe judging you by that or maybe, you know, just looking at you differently because as a new employee, everybody is looking at you. Let's just get honest with that. But if you feel like what you're wearing is, you know, what you should be wearing and it's elevating you to that position that you just got hired for, it really makes it easier for you to perform and show your talents and skills, which is what job retention is about, is being able to do the job and do it well. I guess this is exactly what came to mind when I was reading a little bit about your organization. As educators, we're constantly telling girls, it's what's on the inside that counts, you know, and that's the most important thing. So how do you link our external appearances with something like dignity? I think everybody has walked in somewhere and felt that they were not dressed the way that everybody else is, or felt that somebody was looking at them and judging them by what they had on. Um, by providing the appropriate clothing for that work environment, that professional environment, it's allowing their individual and their voice to be heard. Because unfortunately in our world today, people make judgments on people within seven seconds. And that's Mm -hmm. basically opening a door and walking into a space is about seven seconds of time. Mm -hmm. And people are judging people based on their appearance and whether they're the right person for the job, whether they have the skills and talents, and whether or not they're of value. And that's sad. Mm -hmm. And there's these percentages out there. Um, Your appearance counts most then your attitude, how you say things, whether you sound like you're smiling, whether you sound like you're engaged and passionate about something. And then there is um, uh, the third one, forgetting right now. But the last thing that actually matters is what you actually say is the least That's the last thing. Even though that should be the most important. So if you have the right appearance, it allows that voice to be heard by a lot of people. So when I think about quick solutions or solutions on the surface, you know, you can get someone in the door and make them look good for one day, but you're trying to end a cycle of poverty. How do you create a continuous solution or something that's sustainable? Well, we don't actually look at it as poverty. We look at it as opportunity. And part of it is, and, um, one of our success ambassadors and through the years I've been here for seven years she has become a very close friend is um, she used the analogy about a box you start out with this box and it's the things that you know and it's the things that you've grown up with that have been shared with you there's so much more outside of that box than what was originally shared with you and as you open a door to experience something new you can always go back to what you know but if you don't open that door and try for that next opportunity you'll never know what's there and so we kind of look at it in that sense it's 
about being able to, we may say this opportunity is here, this door is open for you, but you have to have the courage to step through or across that threshold into that next space and decide if that's the right space for you. And I think by opening minds and sharing some of the things that sometimes innately we think people know, but sometimes it hasn't been shared with the entire population. Like even how to format a resume today, most people, that information is not well shared. And again, going back to that seven seconds, it's seven to 10 seconds that somebody will look at your resume. If they don't see what they wanna see, they will go on to the next resume. And that's pretty much one third of a sheet of paper. And again, most people don't know that because that's not widely shared out there. But it's so through that sharing part, it's, bringing people and women up through sharing. It's the hand up is another one of our success ambassadors refers to quite often um, versus a handout because when it's a hand up, it's support. And part of the other part that we look at in going through this journey is we have other programs besides the suiting program. One of our very successful programs is called I Am Successful and it's for unemployed or underemployed women and it's about defining who they are. Part of that process is doing vision boards, which may for some people sound really like, oh, okay, whatever, but it really is an opening because then they can see not just their professional side, but all these other pieces and how do the puzzle pieces fit together and where do we want to take it for the future? Because unless you have a vision that you can share with others, it's really hard for them to see you where you want to be. And part of it, we do an uh, exercise in there. It's called the I am exercise and where they get um, note cards and they have to, the first one is I am, and then they go through a series of note cards and write everything from powerful, empowered, um, beautiful, a mom, a sister, whatever that may be that they have at that motion, at that point in their journey it's like so they're starting to express and a lot of times that's actually we do that to start their vision boards Um, and it really opens up a lot of different things because then they can put that card on the vision board and then kind of put things that circle around that with that it's mainly main thing about that program is branding so that other people can see them Mm -hmm. for what they want to be known and seen for to get that job opportunity. We also have a professional women's group. And so once they are employed, not only do we provide with the clothing, but we have uh, monthly meetings that cover topics such as financial literacy and education, work-life balance, which is always in flux, but it's how do you make it it feel balanced and relieve some of that stress that a lot of us feel in life. Um, Another one is health and wellness, and that includes mental health, which we concentrate on a lot. A lot of the women who have come through our doors, depression may play a point, especially if you're in transition. A lot of people, when we talk about those things and we bring in experts to talk about different things, we also do yoga. Um, You know, it's, it's one of those great things that anybody can do. We have a yoga instructor who's shown people how to do yoga from a chair because of their, you know, a challenge that they may face. Um, you know, another one of the, it's about community engagement. The community that helped them rise, they're now helping others rise in. And that's really important because it makes them feel and see their growth because they've been growing this whole time. But a lot of them don't see it until all of a sudden it's that aha moment, as we call it around here. And they go like, wow, 
have really grown. And one of the last pillars of the professional women's group is spoken and unspoken rules of the workplace. And it's really important because that's usually the reason why people get fired is the unspoken rules of the workplace. Because every industry has its culture, has its um, jargon and different things about it. But it's really important that you're sharing that or sharing new laws that are coming into effect in the state of Massachusetts or on a federal level because that affects their employment. And some people think, oh, um, like one of the things that we're working on right now is, you know, trying to get somebody from HR in to talk a little bit about um, because marijuana is legal in Massachusetts. And but if you work for an employer who that's part of their policy is drug testing, what is your right as an employee? Um, because the employer were an at will state. And so most states are. So that means that your employer can ask you to walk out right now. And the same with you is you get fed up, you can walk out the door. So, but it's like, it's one of those things we, we want to be about that job retention because that is what leads to economic self-sufficiency. You know, we do mentoring, which really helps because it's an individual case versus a group setting. So like in a workshop, you may not share the same things that you're going to share with a mentor. And that mentor is there to support you and also pull those pieces out that sometimes we keep hidden because we're afraid somebody's going to use it against us. Um, And, you know, that's very common, whether, you know, domestic violence, abuse, or just that lack of self-confidence. You're going to hold some things back a lot of times because you're afraid somebody's going to think negative of it. We just introduced, we had our fall luncheon on November 1st, and we introduced our newest program, which is called Women Rising. It's our success ambassadors, those who have been through our program, are succeeding, are becoming leaders in the community, and they are merging into this group that will not only be involved in the community, but they will be fundraising to support that next woman who's coming in and through these doors. And that for them is this really significant piece because they now are not only able to retain their jobs, but they're actually able to help that next person on a more personal level. And it's really engaging. Um, We are producing a coffee table book with stories from these women as well as some other women from Dress for Success, including volunteer and board members. And it's really about people hearing the stories and seeing that there is a common thread among all people and it's not them or somebody over here or this other part of the population we're all there's this thread that brings us all together and that's one of the things that we want to accomplish through this coffee table book um, that will be named women rising you know how do we make others feel empowered how do we bring that next generation forward or even a generation older than us how do we make sure that they're still feeling empowered because age shouldn't be part of it demographics play into it in the sense that um, we're trying to reach everybody but at the same time we want to be inclusive of everybody and I think the coffee table book will accomplish that and the person who is actually in charge of that her name's Ariel Lim and she's going to be taking that challenge on and she has written a few excerpts already and they're very powerful wonderful have you ever made a vision board molly yes (laughs) what was on it um oh god what was on it anne hathaway was on it (laughs) i remember that clearly this is like 
what year is it? 2019. This is probably like this is probably oh, like yeah. six or seven years ago. Yes, it, right. It is 2020. Um, Anne Hathaway was on it. There was like a couple books I remember that were coming out. I think I cut a lot of the snippets out from Entertainment Weekly because that was like my jam <laughs> back in the day. So it was like all like books and. <laughs> stuff like that did have you made a vision board I made one like four years ago and when I (laughs) moved I hadn't seen it in a while and I just found it the other day but it's all like travel writing and food writing and I was like oh my god I'm doing it now and that felt good you know and my husband is so funny he graduated or he finished his master's this week from Clark University and he said my old boss Dr. Robert Johnson who's now the president of UMass Dartmouth he told me to make this vision board and I was like oh this is not going to make a difference what you know why is this a requirement of my job and now here he is He's graduated with his master's from Clark, yep. and that was on his vision board. So he texted Robert Johnson to be like, thank you. Well, I think that's it, right? Now I have a podcast where I get to talk about pop culture. So it's like, what's that word? Kismet. No, where you like, not conjure. <laughs> like where you like see things and then like, You're a visionary. If you no, don't put the thought out, out there, you're not going to receive Isn't it Isn't that back. the secret? The power of attraction? Yes. Yeah, something like that. Something <laughs> silly like that. Regardless, it, they're useful mm-hmm. in many ways. Well, one of the things that we encourage the women with the vision boards is like how you found yours for four years ago. Keep that as your base and then layer what that next level is because we all, as we grow and see that developmental part of ourselves, we have that next vision then because we've gotten to this place. Okay, what's our next challenge? What's our next place we want to conquer? Because, you know, if your day goes by and you don't learn something, mm-hmm. my father used to say that, you know, then we need to step it up. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things that that stays with me to the to this day. It's like if you're not challenged by something, if you don't learn something every day, then you're not either listening or you're not present and participating. But there are times in our life that that, that is a challenge. And that's where the vision board sometimes calms and brings them to that present. But then they can also see their future because they're now present. So, and I think, so I'm going to challenge both of you guys to update your vision boards. Yes. I think that would be really neat to have multiple layers. Well, it's like that. It goes back kind of to the box a little bit, right? Where like you open that door. Now I want to visualize a way to like make it layered without like covering things, like some kind of like science. So a little bit of some your engineering past through. <laughs> yeah, some some STEM. <laughs> I liked when you said that you try not to use the term poverty. You say opportunity, or mm-hmm. is that what you said? Opportunity. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that women have so much need for opportunity in 2020, so much more so than men still? Women still are the caregivers. Um, A lot of times we have a lot of single moms out there who are raising children, a lot of times on a salary that sometimes is not equal to men. There's a really important post that I saw And it's from the Shriver Report. And it's about if men and women's pay were equal, the amount of women who are head of household living in poverty would be halved. And that's an amazing number. Um, When you see things like that and you think about that, and even in the state of Massachusetts, is if a woman is head of household, 40% where head of household is female, live at or below poverty in Massachusetts. 
And that's amazing because we think of Massachusetts as this really progressive state. And I shared with you guys a little bit earlier that I'm originally from Ohio. So I grew up with like more of a Midwestern mentality where... Will you just say the name of the town? Yes. (laughs) Defiance, Ohio. (laughs) For anybody out there listening, Defiance, Ohio. Yes, there was a movie made. Yes. And well, there's a book. It was a memoir, right? Yep. I read and saw both as part of a class I took in college. So my mom actually graduated with the author of that book. (laughs) So she was classmates with her. Uh, I think like my mentality coming into it was before coming to Dress for Success Worcester, I went to school for fashion design and became a fashion designer and lived in New York City for many years. And nobody told me I was incapable of that. But yet nobody from Defiance, Ohio is a fashion designer. You know, that was kind of the, it's agriculture and General Motors industry, mm-hmm. car industry. And it's like, so being a fashion designer, I remember teachers in high school looking at me and going like, that's what you want to do? Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yes, that is. And so it didn't stop me. And i that's the reason why everything is an opportunity. And when I moved to New York City, I had $250 in my bank account, just so everybody knows. I was not rich. <laughs> so, but the one thing that my college program did for me was sharing of knowledge because not only did you have you know college courses classes studio classes etc but you actually had to work in the industry so you knew what you were getting into before you even graduated um, when I started, there was well over 100 people in the in the class, and then there was a wait list for it freshman year. By the time I graduated, it was like 30 people. And that was just because so many people, no, this is not what I want because of what the industry, what you had to do and what it represented. And it's a great industry, but it is a lot of work. And you have to have a passion for it. And that's one of the things that I think here we try to do is – So if somebody has a passion for something, let's talk about it. How do you get there? What are those steps to get there? So it's project managing your life in a lot of ways. And sometimes we can do it at work, but we don't think about it in our own personal life. And most of the time when I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the building directory when I'm here at Dress for Success Worcester at the boutique. And I'm like, your resume is your directory. And if you don't tell people and you don't convey what you want to be, Everybody's going to look at what your last job was and be like, oh, this is what you are. You put accountant up there and you don't want to be an accountant. People are still going to be like, oh, you're an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so they're defining you rather than you. And that's part of giving people control and saying you can control this. You can be what and predict and show what you want to be. And I think that's really part of that, you know, opportunity that we're trying to bring forth. Um, you know, some people, it's, it's a little overwhelming. Transition is not easy for anybody. You know, there's not a single person, whether it's one of our volunteer staff, the women coming through the door, there's not a single one of them that doesn't have a story and doesn't have part of that being, you know, fear or part of it being let down, sometimes mad, sometimes emotionally just drained of, of certain things. But, you know, that's where we're giving that opportunity and saying just because of where you're at right now, that does not determine your future. When you were saying that about the directory, I was thinking about like being in a mall and like looking at one of those big giant maps that has the whole mall on it. And then there's that little dot that says you are here. And like, where do we want to go? Do we want to go to the Burger King at the food court? (laughs) Or like, do you want to go to Lord and Taylor? Like you have to decide, right? 
Mm-hmm. That's all I could think of was just those <laughs> maps and being like, where is the you are here? I used to not even be able to find that. But I think that's the case for a lot of people too. It's just like, where even are you? Like, where are you at in the present? Mm-hmm. And that can be part of that difficulty of transition too. I think that's a wonderful way to look at it. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> the mall food court map. <laughs> but I think almost everybody can identify with that. And yeah. that's part of sharing is you have to have that ability to allow others to identify with it, not just be your vision. And that's even creating the vision boards. It's like you kind of challenge them to it, but then it becomes theirs. Right. It's like trying to, it's looking at yourself in a mirror in a very abstract way, I think. And you're in control. You get to define what other people will see, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, who are your donors? Who's providing all of this awesome attire? Um, We have individual donors who we take in donations by appointment because we do a curbside donation process. So we have a lot of individual donors that um, are donating their clothing. Um, And then we have a lot of corporations or organizations, women's groups that do some sort of drive for us, like on a larger scale. And then we also do have companies like Talbots and TJX who are donating directly to us. Um, We get in things from there's a line out of New York City called Pearl and they send us stuff their starting price point is $285 so it's nice stuff and that is one of the things that when we are putting out clothing in our boutique a lot of it is gently used as we call it but if it has anything where you can tell that it's been worn it will not go out into the boutique so if the button's missing if the hem is not because again it's about respecting and and showing that we value who's walking through that door Mm -hmm. and that we see them for who they are not for you know other things that some people may think you know a lot of our clients um, some people may have a preconceived concept of of who they are I know even when I first came here because I started out as a clothing donor became a volunteer and then an employee and you know when I was first I was like oh okay you know and I was donating you know some shoes I hadn't worn and stuff and you know and I was just like well, I wonder who, you know, and if somebody, you know, because they were heels, if people wear heels, you know, what what that's like. So I remember coming from that donor perspective and trying to think about who would that client be coming in. And then when I started volunteering, I still remember that very first woman that I suited. And I remember her coming out of the dressing room and crying in front of the mirror because she's like, I never thought I would wear a suit. I never thought that this was me. And it's really one of those moments where you're like, because I started wearing suits when I was in ninth grade. And I'm like sitting here going like, you know, yes, it was the 80s. Fashion. Were you Alex P. Keaton? Um, no, that would be my brother, who's all about money. And I was the fashion, yeah. so I was Mallory. Yeah. So there was a lot of comparison, because that is also out of Columbus, Ohio, between my brother and the that show. I yes. didn't even realize that. Sorry, we're talking about Family Ties, which was the show that launched the career of Michael J. Fox, if people are confused. Yeah, so that's the segue into, yes, my brother, um, especially when we were younger, was all about money. I was all about fashion and clothes. So (laughs) I'm trying to imagine myself like being in ninth grade and like getting a suit. I wish I did now. Like, I feel like that would have been really something. If anyone could pull it off, it would be you. I I wore it to school. (laughs) I remember I was the first person at my school to buy skinny jeans because I saw 
Hillary Duff wearing them in like an issue of Teen Vogue and they were like look at these cool pants Hillary Duff has and I like ordered them from Delia's and, it, and I remember my mom being like those fit crazy it's funny are I they even comfortable <laughs> I wore skinny jeans my senior year of the high school so yeah. it must have been 2005 and I remember my boyfriend at the time being like those are crazy yeah, yeah. what are you wearing yeah <laughs> and I was like I think they're comfortable flash forward yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I grew up in the Princess Die and um uh. You know, so suits, I had hats, ruffles, um, chokers, the whole nine yards, yes. And not those chokers that, like, well, the teens are wearing them again in the ones that we wore, not the ones that are, like, made of, like, vinyl, like, string. Like, real, like... (laughs) Not like a dog collar, yes. Like the nice... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they're back. All sorts of chokers are back. I've always been a pearl person, so pearls, so pearl chokers Mm -hmm. with, like, the little... Um, whether it's cameo or whatever, yes. So now I'm just thinking of Heathers. Yes. Like, I feel like, were you dressed like the Heathers? Um, that was a little after me. I, but I'm just, like, thinking, right? Like, a blazer and, like, a ruffled shirt. And, Is like, that? Pearls. Okay, I've never seen it, but that's the horrible movie, right? Where those girls don't... It's not horrible. No, no, not like it... It's <laughs> wonderful. It's like a terrifying movie, right? A little bit, yeah. I mean, in some ways, yes. Like, there is, like, small-scale serial murder. Yeah! <laughs> Can you just give us the plot real quick? Um, Yeah, Heathers is basically a movie where Winona Ryder plays this girl, Veronica, whose three best friends are named Heather, and then she slowly starts to realize that she kind of hates them and that they're terrible people. And she meets this really, this, like, cool, different new guy played by Christian Slater who wears, like, trench coats and he talks cool. (laughs) And they just, like, they act, it starts with them accidentally killing someone, and then they kind of decide not to accidentally kill them anymore. <laughs> but basically, someone learns a lesson and someone doesn't is essentially what happens. I see. But the girls, the Heathers, they dress really, really beautifully. Yes, ah. yeah. Um, my only other question is just, how did you end up in Worcester? What was your fashion career like in Manhattan? And then why central Massachusetts? Um, so obviously we talked about, I started out in Defiance, Ohio. Um, went to school at the University of Cincinnati for fashion design and um, when I graduated I wasn't quite ready to fly off to New York so I worked retail at a children's wear store because originally my interest was going into children's wear rather than women's fashion and so then um, about a year after graduation I was finally like oh okay I'm gonna go to New York and I'm gonna go get a job and so I went to New York um, on my vacation I went to a recruiter that had been through networking on a previous employer from one of my co-ops internships during college. He had sent me to the recruiter, said, oh, she'll find you a job today. So I got a job offer that day. Moved to New York two weeks later with $250 in my (laughs) bank account. And through the years, um, I did start out in children's wear. And then I elevated to um, women's fashion, so better women's was in that category for many years. My connection to Massachusetts is when my brother brother graduated from college, um, he came up here, he's an electrical engineer. So he was working what was then digital back in the heyday. Um, and so he was here, came up for Thanksgiving when I had moved to New York, because they had a house and met some of his friends. And um, one of his friends that he went to school with is now my husband. 
husband. Uh-huh. So he's worked up here say. the entire time. We've been together for over 25 years now. Mm-hmm. Married for almost 16 of that. But with that being said is he's always lived here. And so at age 43, um, the last company that I worked at in the fashion industry, I was um, told that it was time for me to retire. And so, um, so, you know, that was a little bit shocking because I'd always been one of those who never saw myself as unemployed, never saw myself as I'd always gotten huge reviews, um, bonuses, all that stuff. Didn't see it coming until I kind of knew about three months before it happened. Um, There were little hints. So I was a little prepared for it. But at the same time, it gave me an opportunity to look at and say, okay, what do I want to do next? Where do I want to be? And we had a house up here in Charlton. And so moved up here full time a little over seven years ago. And, you know, going through the process of trying to figure it out. I was like at first thinking interiors, you know, something design related and, you know, just ended up um, that Just for Success Worcester was doing a drive and donated to it and then called about volunteering. And that's what led me to today. It was not on my radar. It was not something planned. If I had done a vision board seven years ago, this probably, you know, (laughs) um, this was not what where I saw myself before seven years ago. Um, But at the same time, it's a really good fit because it's like, instead of being about telling somebody that this is the wrong color, that was last year's color, or you need this new, you know, we were just talking about skinny jeans. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, no, 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 skinny jeans aren't in anymore. (laughs) Instead of saying no and disempowering people, making them feel like they got to keep up with the Joneses, now I get to sit here and be like, okay, this is what fits your body type this is what elevates you so people see your skills and your talents but you also look great Mm -hmm. and it's a really different way to look at fashion because before it was about how powerful fashion can be now it's about how do you use fashion to empower another woman and that's really a different take on it and especially you know, at my age, it's one of those things where you're you are looking at ways to give back rather than be that competitive. I must be on top of everything, and and every you know everything must change. Now it's kind of like you want to be more about that empowering rather than the powerful. Well, I'm so glad wow. you're doing something that makes you feel really good every day, because that is the best kind of job, you know. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. idea of like turning it around, mm-hmm. where. It's like the skills are the same. They transfer the same way. It's just a different application application or perspective, exactly. Um, is Is there anyone either like working in fashion or who wears clothes in a way that you feel is like empowering and dressing for success? It could be local, it could be nationally famous, it could be internationally. Um, Well, I'm going to go back to a designer, and um, Ralph Lauren has always, to me, because he wasn't just about fashion, he was about, this is the lifestyle, about projecting that this is lifestyle, and family was always the most important thing to him, and still is. And it's one of those things that sometimes we forget in our careers, that that family piece, a lot of times that's our support mechanism, but also 
It's about envisioning what you want that future to be because that's what he did and that's how his brand came about was by envisioning what he thought people wanted. And he made that come alive. And it's really important because I think that that's that focus or that direction that we are talking about with our women. And that's what's influenced me a lot is that whole, it's a lifestyle. And if you believe in the lifestyle that you're living will get you places, then that's where you need to be. So, and I think sometimes we lose track of who we are but then if you can see that lifestyle and see where you want to be, then we can gain that those pieces back. And that's that opportunity piece that kind of referred to earlier. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yes. It sounds like school's out and now. I was going to say, speaking of family. Yeah. So, yes, um, Ace upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the Den Home building, so they're on the third floor. So they have after school um, for um, some of the youth here in Worcester. Awesome. And they were excited to get out (laughs) it's funny when you say that about ralph and like that vision of family i can always imagine like even as a kid going to like filings or whatever like with my grandma and they they're always like you know the big displays that were like ralph loren and calvin klein and tommy hilfiger and i can always remember like mini versions of all of his clothes right there would be entire sets where it'd be like the sweater sets and the and the chinos and stuff then you could get it your dad or your little brother it would be the same <laughs> it was and it was that idea of this is a unit you know I think that that's so funny and so true. And one of the other designers that I respect a lot is, um, and it's just because she started her line later in life, is Tori Birch. Some people are very aware of who she is. Others still are just catching on to her. But it's like she wasn't afraid to do something um, that most people are like, oh, like how I was saying at 43, somebody said, oh, it's time to retire. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. She was starting her career and taking a chance and a shot because it's something she always wanted to do. And to see that, and again, it's encouraging because everybody has transition points. She went for it. Yeah, and she went through a very public divorce and fought to keep her business too. Oh yeah, I forgot which I respect. About that. Oh, that was crazy. I totally forgot about that. There's a great New York magazine yes. piece about it. I was gonna say I remember reading like a long read about it a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So power to the ladies. Right. Where can we find you if people want to get in touch? Um, so Dress for Success Worcester. We're located in the Denholm building on the first floor. Um, so our website is worcester.dressforsuccess.org. Um, our phone number here is 508-796-5660. And do you want an email address? Sure. So my email address is programs at dressforsuccessworcester.org. And folks can get in touch with you if they are interested in like volunteering as well, right? Like Absolutely. Volunteering, donating, um, a lot of those on our website. If you visit there, there's places to sign up. Um, and then we reach out and call and connect with you and bring you in. So have a fabulous volunteer right now named Robin, who's in the back working as we're talking. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> yeah, Robin. So... Um, um, and so here at Dress for Success Worcester, we have two employees. The rest is volunteers. So if, if it wasn't for amazing women like Robin, um, we would not be able to do what we do. Um, and yes, we're all dedicated and passionate passionate about it. Um, and that's what makes it makes it important here in Worcester.
Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, if you are interested or if this has, you know, triggered something inside of you where you said, oh my God, I have a great suit I never wear or I have an extra hour once Mm -hmm. a week or whatever else, shoot her an email. Yes, absolutely. I have been Sarah. I have been Molly. And this was Pop It. Pop It. Thank you. (laughs) You did it.